0: Hi! Have you been pulling apart your faith? Have you been deconstructing? Have you been doing it alone to the point where you are just so bent out of shape, triggered all the time, and maybe just tired? Maybe your spiritual life used to be super vibrant and now it's a fucking drag because you don't know what to do next. You don't know what you're allowed to do or explore, uh, or you just don't know what questions you need to be asking because there's so much out there. If that's in any way you, I want to invite you to come hang out with me for the summer cohort that's the spiritual recovery summer cohort for 2023 i've been doing these for almost 3 going on like i think 3 4 summers now and every single time it just gets better and better what we do in there is we spend 10 weeks unpacking what happened to us. We unpack the theology that kept us in and we start exploring new ideas and practicing better things that make us actually bloom and come alive. If you're ready to get over the spiritual trauma, if you're ready to get over your triggers, if you're ready to create a spiritual system and practice that works for you, meaning it brings you to a sense of peace, well balance, and like just, you know, enjoying life again, come hang out with me. You can go to thekevangarcia.com slash cohort to find out more. Applications are due this Friday, so don't miss out your opportunity. Let's talk to you soon. I love you. All right, let's get to the show. You are listening to an Irreverent Media Podcast. Go to irreverent.fm in your web browser to find more dope-ass podcasts like this. Now on to the show. Hey friends and welcome back to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives. I'm Kevin, I'm the curator of this here space and I'm glad that you're here. Today's guest on the pod is Ray McDaniel and this is coming out on the book birthday of their newest uh, creation called Gender Magic, which we're gonna talk about all during our conversation. But before we get started in that, I wanna let you know, I love you. I hope that you're doing good. I am getting ready to kick off the summer cohort, uh, for 2023. And if you're somebody out there and you're looking for a way to, you know, some people have even said, I want to start reconstructing something that makes sense, some kind of creative spirituality that can lead me back to a sense of well-being." If that sounds interesting to you, like I said, at the top, you can go to the kevingarcia.com slash cohort to learn more. Now let me tell you about Ray, Ray McDaniel is a non-binary therapist, certified sex therapist coach, and transgender diversity and inclusion educator. They are a founder and CEO of Practical Audacity, a gender and sex therapy practice based in Chicago, and an international speaker on gender freedom. As an expert in sexuality and gender exploration, Ray has been ex- uh, has been featured in such places like the New York Times, Chicago Tribune, Time, Women's Health, Well and Good, Refinery29, Bustle, Elite, Entrepreneur, and The Independent. Come on, we got the receipts, baby. Ray holds degrees from DePaul University, University of Michigan, and is certified by ASECT, A-A-S-E-C-T, I don't know what that is, but they certified, yay. <laughs> they live in Chicago with their dog, Gizmo, and. I just know that Gizmo's like a little bit of a gremlin. (laughs) Um, On the podcast today, we talk all about the new book, which is called Gender Magic. Live shamelessly, reclaim your joy, and step into your authentic self. It's such an amazing offering, and I'm so excited that we get to talk about it today. So... If you haven't already, grab yourself something to drink and tune into this delicious conversation with my new friend. Well, actually, no, not new friend. We've known each other for a while. Ray McDaniel has actually been on the podcast before. And so, like, welcome back to the show, the fabulous Ray McDaniel. I'm I'm stoked to be talking with you again and also stoked that your book is coming out. When When is it due into the world?
1: It is being born into the world on May 30th, and it's available for pre-order now. Yeah, it feels like tomorrow, basically, which is wild.
0: Oh, my God. Congratulations. How very exciting. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So uh, before we get into that, give us, you know, for those who are new to you and your little slice of the internet, who are you, what you do, how do you introduce yourself these days?
1: So I'm Ray McDaniel. I am a non-binary gender and sex therapist. I run a group private practice in Chicago. I'm the author of Gender Magic, which you will hear all about on this podcast. I'm also a speaker and a transgender DEI practitioner.
0: Nice, very yeah. good, very good. I um, we came upon each other's work, I think, because like we just like we're like, hey, we should be internet friends and then we did podcasty things together and now we're uh kind of just like doing big shit and like bigger shit in the world it's very exciting I-, I love
1: it and i love seeing all of your stuff blow up that has been delightful
0: ain't it like it's just it's fun it's fun watching the glow up for all the all of our friends who are doing the work it's really cool
1: it really um, is
0: so for you, like, what's changed professionally since, like, last, I think last time we talked was actually, like, maybe 2019, 2020. So, like, a lot has oh, gone on. wow. <laughs> yeah, lots gone on. Because I remember I was trying to, like, travel around, but then, like, that was when we first got vaccines, but then the Delta wave came. And so I had to cancel some of my travel plans. Um, but, yeah, what's life been like for you since, like, 2021-ish?
1: Well, a lot of it has been writing the book. So that was, and you know, it's way more work Mm. than you think it is. So that took up a ton of my brain space. We dramatically increased the the size of my practice. I opened a new eight suite office in the middle Mm. of the pandemic because I didn't have enough going on. Uh, Mm. So that has been a big thing. The admin team has really been uh, built out, and they are incredible and pretty much running the ship for me right now, which is amazing, so that I can write and promote the book and get this message out in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, I... I, think, I can't remember if I had a dog the last time we talked, but I have a dog. You had a baby. You had a baby. Oh, I had a baby. Well, <laughs> she's now a two-and-a-half-year-old wonderful gremlin, and I love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned how to ride a motorcycle and got one of That's those. Badass. as a.
0: That's so yeah, cool. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm super excited about it. And it's getting warmer here, so it's, it's just about time. Um, <sighs> other than that, I don't know. I've been... Reading fiction since I stopped writing Yo, the book. I'm like, oh, same. what do I do from the hours of 7 a.m. to 9? Oh, I can mm-hmm. read a book. Wow. So yeah. been doing that. What have you
0: what's what what has grabbed your attention recently in Fantasy
1: World? So I recently picked up a book. I'm about halfway done with it and I'm obsessed with it. It's by Alex White. It's called A Big Ship at the Edge of the Universe. And the, I picked it up because the back cover actually have it next to me. I'll read it to you. It says, do you miss Firefly? If you want it back, well, sorry, not going to happen. But this book is damn close. I'm like, well, sold, done. You know yeah, your audience.
0: Listen, I'll take I'll take damn close to Firefly because that was a damn near perfect show, IMO. It
1: really was. So, yes, it does not disappoint. So I highly recommend.
0: Love this. Well, moving from things that we have taste in to uh, the tastiness of your book, I I think that was a... (laughs) I love that transition. (laughs) I'm like, this is going to be stupid, but I'm going to go for it. Um, I
1: fully support you.
0: Gender Magic. I am so stoked that it's out there. I was talking to one of my friends recently. Like, all of these companies are out here saying that they want to be more diverse, saying that they want to do the right thing. And I'm just like, then why is like most of the books on gender by straight people? Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why, like, I don't know, like, because especially like, I guess in yeah. my neck of the woods, it's like, why is human sexuality being talked about by non-psychologists? Not like it's basically like all pastors and husband, father, wife, Twitter, uh, who's, who's writing, in, who's writing in that realm. Anyways, your book, Gender Magic, I'm so excited about it because we need more expansive language around this stuff. When you're thinking about standing in front of people and explaining like, okay, here's the pitch. Like what, what's gender magic? What's your book on?
1: Ooh, the elevator pitch. Um, So I would say that gender magic is about gender freedom, which I love that term because it encompasses not only trans and non-binary folks, but cisgender folks as well, because Mm -hmm. all of us are stuck in this tiny box of gender when we are assigned a sex at birth and we grew up and whether or not we identify with that gender, we're still in a particular box. So gender magic is all about looking at those boxes, seeing if they do feel like they are authentic to us. And it's about a way forward and exploring gender and transitioning gender, if that is what you want to do, that is full of play, pleasure, and possibility. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, I got
1: really tired as a gender therapist of trying to read literature on trans coping and, and how to help my my clients and, you know, myself as a non-binary person that was all focused on the negative. Right. And then the negative is there for a reason, right? I I understand the world we live in. We know we have a record number of Mm -hmm. uh, anti-trans legislation things being passed and tried to pass. And that was not in line with my experience of my gender and a lot of my clients' experience of their gender and the work that we were doing together. know, that had a lot of pleasure and connection mm, and joy. Yes, yes, yes. And I wanted to take the work that I was doing with my clients and put it out into the world in a bigger way. And so we have gender magic.
0: Damn. I think that is... I think this is something that we also touched on last time we spoke about how so much of like queer stories and queer experiences in general are about, okay, this is how we survive in these streets, you know? And which yep. is like to- totally necessarily, totally needed.
1: Yeah, we need and, to survive. That's like a base level.
0: Yeah, base level. And then beyond base level, talking about thriving, what does it look like to to light up in the world? What does it look like to to find the things that like make you come alive um your book covers all sorts of stuff from like self-doubt and dating and sex relationships um i wonder if maybe we could start like about just like you know with like the basics of like say someone has been you know newly out of the closet they're working on their self But they've also got all of their old tapes going on in their head. They have all their anxieties. They have all of the stories from what family or religion has told them. How, how, when you're working with someone or even in the book, like how does one move from that state of fear and activation into like a space of being confident and grounded in your body and in the gender that you're growing into?
1: Such a good question. And that is basically the question of the entire book. So to, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, no,
0: just, you know, a small yeah, question. Let me How just do you pick become more confident? And,
1: let me just pick it up and read it to you. No, yes. some, some base things that I would say, some fundamental things would be a shift in mindset to play. And so you mentioned Ooh. fear and self-doubt a few times, which that's what I saw too. And I see that out in the world especially when folks are just starting to explore their gender or maybe they're just starting the transition period theres or process, I should say, there is a a lot of fear and self-doubt. And again, Mm -hmm. that's not coming from nowhere. And I recognize that. And what we know from research is that people are able to cope better with whatever hard thing they're dealing with when they are focused on what they are moving towards versus Mm. what they are moving away from. Yes. And I talk about this in the book. Um, I, I quote a study that I first heard about in Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski, where they get two participants. You put them in or two sets of participants in a study. They both get these coloring sheet mazes of mice that have to get through a maze to the end one of them has a scary owl on that they're the mouse is running away from the other has a cheese at the end of the maze and they found that the group that had the cheese made it through the maze faster and with less distress what that tells us is that when we have a vision for what we are moving towards we are more able to go through that windy process with more ease, with more mm. pleasure, and be in a totally different part of our brain. So when yeah. I say play, I mean, what if we approached exploring gender as just another part of self-growth, not mm-hmm. only for trans people, but for everyone? Yes. To say, hey, what would it mean if we engaged with this part of our life with a little bit more intention? And how can we get curious about things that, that light us up when it comes to our gender and experiment with them and play with them and gather more information along the way? Mm-hmm. So that's like one of the fundamentals in there, which I'm sure we can mm-hmm. dig into to lots and lots. Yeah.
0: Let me tell you, like learning to play in my own gender expression since coming out has changed my life and something i also know i've noticed for myself is that when i because like i'm for those of you who don't know what i look like i am about six foot i have a ginger beard you know i'm gonna clocked as a male most of the time except for the times when i'm in makeup and wearing a dress or something that's you know traditionally more femme but what i found is that when i do that like when i go out with my friends and we're going out dancing at the gay bar where it's typically super, you know, gay dude heavy. I still pull the hottest people in the room when I'm wearing a skirt and fishnets. And when I'm not dressed like that, when I'm trying to like be more butch and man, no one pays attention. And it's so interesting. Like when I'm going out feeling confident, feeling myself, letting myself just play around because why, what does this matter? What does it matter? Like Kevin, do you feel good? Do you like this dress? Okay. But like when I'm going out in that level of play, I think energetically, like I become a match to all the people who love the same kind of playful spirit.
1: Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And that's exactly it. We show up in the world differently when we are our most lit up, authentic, Mm -hmm. biggest self. We attract people to us that are, are drawn to that. We make different kinds of decisions. We yes. show up for our families and our friends and our lovers and the causes and things that we care about differently and with more capacity and space. And that, that is magic.
0: Mm-hmm. And the entire time we always think that like, I think we talked about this last time, how like pleasure in our culture we think of it as one of two things. A, if you didn't work hard for it, you're not allowed to receive it. And two, if I am experiencing pleasure, someone else is going to be, or experiencing goodness, someone else is not going to experience this goodness. Like they, like it's like some sort of like scarcity right. mindset around pleasure. Yeah, it's yeah. that pie. And it's not. Pleasure is not a pie.
1: That's... Exactly.
0: Well, could be a pie.
1: <laughs> it could be. It could be. But not metaphorically
0: Mm mm-hmm what as you when you're working with um i guess like well let me ask you this what makes you light up like when you're like thinking about like your own gender expression like what are some ways that you come alive
1: that is such a good question what has been really interesting and fun to me over the past couple years, so I got top surgery on my um, on my birthday a couple well, of years ago. Yeah, right? It just happened that way. I'm like, well, happy birthday to me. Yeah. This is fun. Uh, so I got top surgery. And I, first of all, love that decision for myself. And it was an interesting decision. It took a long time for me because I don't have a lot of physical dysphoria about my Mm. body i didn't hate my chest but finally got to the point where i'm like hey ray guess what not hating a part of your body isn't a good enough reason not to change it if you think you will feel better with something different
0: hello yeah
1: and so i did and Mm. what has happened energetically with me since i've had top surgery is that i feel so much more myself and comfortable Mm -hmm. in my own skin and have reconnected with these more feminine parts of myself that I think I, I felt I had to shove down in order to be, you know, quote unquote, non-binary enough or trans enough. And -hmm. there's just something very freeing about my body matching um, how I feel a little bit better. That gives me the freedom to express myself differently and Mm -hmm. that has been really fun to discover and play with and figure out what my style is when I'm not shoving myself into a box of oh well I need to look very quote unquote trans mask in a particular way Mm -hmm. in order to be valid
0: tell you what the non binary like you saying like being able to present in certain parts of your femininity that you thought you had to put down I feel that way like because like I've got a, I have a beard it's all mm-hmm. it's like it's the constant I'm not if I, it's, I, I keep thinking I'm like is there a way for me to like look a little bit more queer a little bit more non-binary or something just because it's not that like I need everyone to see that
1: mm-hmm.
0: but like it's almost like I feel like I have to like you know it's, it's again gender is all presentation but it's like I hate that I have to like do some sort of outward marker for people to understand that, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a dude. Um, yeah. Even though it, it's, I don't know what you said. Like that, the thing that came up for me is just like, I feel like there are still parts of me that I'm still editing to try and get people to see what's going on here rather than just doing what I want to do for the sake of my own enjoyment.
1: Is it, I'm, yeah, I hear that. That's, that's super real. And I wish I was like, Hey, here's an answer. And it's more just, (laughs) yeah, I, I relate to that. I get it. Um, For me, I've learned to take a lot of pleasure in just confusing people a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's uh, what any, is there uh, any story? The story I always love, at least for myself is like when there's like, a small child who looks at me and I'm wearing like lipstick and I have a beard and they're just like, are you wearing makeup? And I'm like, yeah. Isn't it crazy? Isn't it fun? <laughs> My little cousins came up to me one time. It was like, I went home for Christmas. And so I wore uh-huh. a bright red lip to Christmas Love dinner. It. And I got two little cousins. They're named Liam and Lytham. They're twin blonde boys. And they are just, <laughs> they sound like this. And like one of them came up to me and said, uncle Kevin, Are you wearing lipstick? And I said, yeah, what do you think? He's like, oh, I think it's a nice color on you. I was like,
1: what? (laughs) Oh, I love that.
0: I'm like, you know what? You're all right. You're all right, kid.
1: I love that so much. And that really is the response of a lot of kids. They're like, okay, cool. Or, you know, blue would look better on you. Or, you know, uh, they don't care. It doesn't have to be so serious. You know, I've I've recently begun telling this story that a a friend of mine told me. He's a a cis guy, one of my close friends. He has a couple of of young daughters. And he was having a a date night with one of his young daughters, and she wanted to put makeup on him. And he let her, and, you know, they had a great time. And he was telling me about this at dinner, and just paused him. I'm like, do you realize that so many dads, like cisgender dads, would not feel comfortable enough mm-hmm. in their identity and in their masculinity to have that moment with their daughter. And what a, a sad shame that is. Because he yeah. had this beautiful connecting experience that he didn't think twice about. It didn't mean anything about his gender, but he he connected with his daughter. And that's how I think about gender freedom is yeah. this means that we can stop clinging so, so tightly to these ideas of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be non-binary, and just let ourselves do what we like and enjoy it Mm -hmm. and identify ourselves in whatever way feels good to us and express ourselves in whatever way feels good to us. (sighs)
0: I... I'm so ready for men to be liberated from patriarchy, and Me to be too. liberated into gender freedom for themselves, where they realize it's like very funny to like what something you said earlier, like how we were constantly, you know, rather than thinking of what we're constantly in opposition to, which I think that is really like what toxic masculinity does is it only identifies itself as what it is not, you know, yeah, not weak. You're right not not feminine not soft not uh community driven and so it's it's always like a push against those other things when like a really healthy masculinity understands that it exists within the balance of the femininity which already exists within you like every yes. single person has masculine and feminine energy and that's regardless of it's not a if we can suspend gender from those two terms I wish there was better language for it, you know? I,
1: I know. Me too. It, it, it's so limiting. It's so, so limiting. And language is expanding, and I'm very grateful for that. And it's still so limiting. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, in like in certain Eastern religions, they would call it the yin and the yang, you know? Mm-hmm. And other places, they would call it, you know, Shiva and Shakti. And so that's as I've kind of explored like be like you know beyond my own like Christian things I find all these mm-hmm. different languages for the same thing and I'm like mm, that's it because yeah. really like what I love about among other things what I love about being non-binary is I think I mean I'm not gonna like speak across the board but I feel like non-binary folks have an understanding of what it is to be this beautiful third thing this other thing this mix not even a mix it's just When you combine ingredients into a cake, what do you get? You get a cake. You don't get like part egg, part flour, part water.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I love that metaphor. Absolutely. And you're right. It is this beautiful, uh, I'm going to use the term alchemy of all of these different parts of ourselves that are able to be expressed in, I'm trying to find words for this in the moment are able to be expressed in this way that is very fluid, that is non-pressured where you get to show up as fully yourself, no matter what iteration of that self you are kind of bringing forth in the moment. Mm. Does that make sense?
0: It does. No matter like, and the the key word, no matter what, like in the, like whatever comes up, I'm going to love that. Yeah. And like, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, it's almost like, for me, like, I have to look at myself through the eye. If I'm looking through myself through the eyes of love, if you will, like, that means always pleased. That means always kindness. That means always uh, expansiveness and never shame and never, I don't know. It's all, it's like never, all the fear. Never all, shame. Never shame. It's, and that's the thing, just like shame. Let me like. I get enough from it from the world. Let me never give it to myself.
1: Oof. Exactly, exactly. And I think one of the things that can keep folks from experiencing that kind of shame-free living mm-hmm. as they are exploring or transitioning their gender is an overreliance on how other people are seeing them as the measure of yeah, whether yeah, or not yeah, they yeah. are worthy and valid. And I talk a lot about the point, the entire reason that we are doing this huge thing, which has real consequences in our society, is because we get to be ourselves at the Mm -hmm. end of it. And hopefully every step of the way, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And a, a random person or even, you know, a family member or a close friend, not seeing you for who you are, that is not a measure of your success. Mm -hmm. What is a measure of your success is how you feel about yourself Mm -hmm. and how you feel about how you exist in the world. Yes. And that is such a a powerful, um, mindset change. Mm
0: -hmm. One of the phrases uh, I was, um, I borrow from Byron Katie and her work. Um, is I don't need anybody to change in order for me to be happy.
1: Yes, I love that.
0: When I tell you, it's like when I heard it, I said that's probably what, that is such a painfully true statement (laughs) because it's like, of course I want people to change. Of course I'm going to ask people to change too because like I still want my family to become more uh, radically loving and um, out front with their love of queer people because right now they limit it to pretty much just me. And they're not going to do that yeah. anytime soon because that's yeah. just not who they are. I can ask for it, but I don't need them to change in order for me to be happy. I don't need my mother to be comfortable with me in a dress for me to wear the dress. You know, exactly. I, don't need, I don't need my brothers to be comfortable with me wearing makeup for me to still wear makeup to the dinner table when we're all when we're going to home for Christmas. So,
1: <sighs> yep, that discomfort doesn't harm them, and I don't have to take on their discomfort as my own
0: hmm. Yeah, and being able to and being able to say like, I'm not responsible for that. I was like, if you're uncomfortable, I actually, uh, over the summer, uh, my mother and I had the conflict where we mm-hmm. got really honest and I said all the things and I was like, Mom, like, uh, you're uncomfortable with me. That's so clear. And I said, and also, that's not mine to fix. I'm just like, if you feel uncomfortable with me with your child because they're different, you should ask yourself why. And yep. then she did, and she started working on it. But it's like, I didn't take that on. And the moment I, like, was able to release that, let me tell you, ooh, the peace that comes with letting, you know, you're not everybody's savior. You're not there to fix no. them. Ugh. Stop right. trying to lead That's... people there where they ain't want to go either. That's the other thing. Ugh.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And my family is probably not even as long as yours is. Um, But same, like I came to a lot of peace when I let go of needing them to approve of me. I let go of them thinking that I am a disappointment and in some ways took a little bit of um, like slightly sadistic joy in it. (laughs) Right, 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 right. And I'm just not responsible for them. And I set my boundaries according to my capacity to interact with them, knowing Mm -hmm. that they're probably not going to change. If they do, that would be great. If they're ever open for that conversation, I will 100% be there, but I'm not going to waste my breath or my Mm -hmm. peace trying to, like you said, lead somebody where they don't want to go.
0: Right. Ooh. Come on now, I want to switch gears ever so slightly. Just kind of talk a little bit more Let's about book content. Um, in the book, you uh, share with readers the gender freedom model, which is, you know, the pathway for. I'm reading the. I'm reading the copy. Like the <laughs> pathway for achieving gender freedom with joy and curiosity and pleasure. Can you talk a little bit about that model and uh, the pillar? I think there's three pillars. Yes, there it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you got it. So the three pillars of the gender freedom model are play, pleasure, and possibility. So I touched on play a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some other parts of that pillar include things like, I call it a bias to action, which is this Ooh. idea that we, we often get very, very stuck in our heads about gender, about big decisions related to gender, and folks get very stuck in that. And what I found is that people gather the most data about what they want and get the most clarity when they actually take steps towards yeah. the things they were they are curious about and towards the things that they think that they might want. So what that could look like, for example, is if you're interested in taking HRT, but you have a lot of doubts, you have a lot of questions, you don't know for sure, I walk clients through okay, well, let's make an appointment with the doctor and ask your questions there. And then if that feels good and you kind of assess how you feel in that tiny step, then maybe you get a prescription and you put it on your dresser and you just look at it for a couple weeks or however long you want. And then you kind of work up gradually that way. So it's this idea of instead of ruminating endlessly, we're going to take physical steps towards what we want and build our capacity for self-trust and confidence mm. and your own self-efficacy every single step of the way. Yes. So, so that is a lot of the basis of the the play portion. It's also about what I call spaghetti wall mode, which is Come you know on, when spaghetti you're cooking walls. I know. When you cook spaghetti, you like throw it at the wall, see if it'll stick. If it sticks and it's ready. If not, you just keep cooking. It's a low pressure situation. I would like folks to view gender the same way, where you try something and if it doesn't work, that's fine. You just keep cooking. You just keep experimenting and playing and being curious until you find something that feels right to you. So moving into the pleasure piece. So I'm a sex therapist, so I believe that pleasure. Yes, yes. Let's go there. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I believe that number one, pleasure is revolutionary, especially for historically marginalized folks. We Mm -hmm. also know from the research that folks who are historically marginalized tend to imagine less sexual and relational satisfaction is available to them and that they deserve less sexual Mm. and relational satisfaction.
0: I mean, you're talking about me right now, so shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I was talking about me too. Like right. I, I've definitely we have a lot of our background in common there. Um, so when I heard that, I'm like, wow, this this is where I want a lot of my work to go, which is what I call pleasure equity, of mm. leveling the playing field so that everybody can experience super high levels of relational and sexual satisfaction it's also not just about your relationship with others and sex with others but your relationship to your body and your relationship to your own sexuality and simply just feeling pleasure in your own skin even if you might want to change something about your body in the future mm-hmm. So there's a whole big section about that. There's a whole big section about queering up our relationships and our friendships and finding places where we can develop deep, meaningful intimacy that is not just in a a sexual or romantic partner. And I have found that to be utterly life-changing for me. And then the last pillar is possibility, which is the, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to – have a. I'll pull on that string when you're done with the third pillar. Don't worry. I've marked it down in my okay. thing to come back to. All
1: right. Cool. So possibility is this idea of what now? So now that we've done all this internal work, we've made some steps towards what we want, what do we want the rest of our life to look like? Because gender does not exist in a vacuum. So it's about building community, your kinship network. Um, I use – a metaphor of mycelium I love mushrooms they're great
0: Um,
1: yeah so I use the metaphor of mycelium and how do we build our mycelium networks what does it mean to take all the skills that we've learned along the way right self-trust confidence boundaries self-love and compassion being able to do a scary thing and apply those to the rest of our lives and lastly, mm. what does it mean to feel pride? And not just pride as a feeling, but pride as an action. Pride as a commitment to a way of being in the world. Mm.
0: Two things I want to pull on from that. The first string is queering friendships and relationships. Yes. There was an incredible workshop that I went to in Atlanta, a facilitator cannot remember their name for the life of me, but the workshop was called let's not talk about sex. And it was an entire workshop that was dedicated to talking about what happens when we treat our lovers more like our friends and our friends more like our lovers. And that that one concept just blew it apart for me where I'm just like, Oh yeah. Like, why is it that I think that my lover or my primary partner is entitled to everything my time my money my energy my body my resources my uh, everything and also why do why do i not give my friends the same level of love and care you know and so like it it just and also like why is it that i tell my friends the whole truth about how i'm annoyed with my partner but i won't tell my partner how i'm annoyed (laughs) with them and so it, it flipped the switch on me i'm just like to find intimate partnership like I have those friendships in my life that I would call like for me sacramental relationships that really are like you are you are my person for as long as it is good for the both of us. But there's just something that just reminds me that I am so holy and good. And those relationships, those deep committed relationships, if you, they're deeply committed relationships. Yeah. You know, and they're not sexual. And there's so many people who are lacking that level of, what did you call it?
1: Kinship? Kinship networks? Yeah, kinship networks.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Thank you. Absolutely. But but pull on that string a little bit if you don't mind. Sure. Um, first of all, that quote is from Dean Spade, which is somebody that I quote in Gender Magic yes. around the same topic. I wonder if, if they were facilitating. I don't even know if they facilitate. Uh, but I read that essay about treating your friends as lovers and your lovers as friends, and it also changed uh, me. Yes. And and the way that I view my relationships. And I am also very, very lucky that I do have a great kinship network. Now I have mm-hmm. people in my life that we regularly tell each other that we are each other's soulmates mm-hmm. and mean that with every ounce of our being. And they are deeply, deeply committed relationships and not sexual, mm-hmm. but they are relationships that I choose to invest time and energy in that no i would raise their child if something happened to them like mm. we are in it for life no matter what that looks like throughout our lives and i think in our culture we we do we relegate romantic and sexual relationships to this box of these are our soulmates these mm-hmm. are our partners they do life with us and those things are true and great and also who are the other people in your life or that you might want in your life, that you also have this deeply, deeply connected sense of, of kinship, of you have each other's backs. You love each other deeply. Mm-hmm. You were there to celebrate and you are there when the hard stuff happens. And I, I would never go back To not having those types of relationships in my life, once Mm. I've felt them, and I imagine for most people it's the same. Like once you see what that's like, and the beauty of how that expands your world and your life, and your your connection to intimacy, you won't go back.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's I think so many people are scared of that level of vulnerability is scary because. It, it requires you to tell the truth and oh my at first telling the truth is so scary for people but let me tell you what like on the far side of it like again i'm not i ain't perfect at it but on the far side of it the radical honesty of arranging relationships this way to me feels so good and so like like it's 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 like uh, you're trying to plumb the depths and then there's just something deeper and then there's always something deeper and then there's always something deeper, you know? And then it's not like about an arrival point with these relationships either. It's not like we're like working towards something. It's like we are just here to enjoy one another and that's the magic.
1: Exactly. Exactly. No, I've made a practice in the past couple of years of when I meet somebody, and I have this very immediate sense of people pretty often, um, I, I get very intense friend crushes. And by friend mm-hmm. crush, I mean it's this very visceral, I look at somebody and I'm like, you, you mm-hmm. are my person.
0: I know what you're and talking I, about.
1: Yeah, and I don't have to know them very long to have that sense. And when I do, I've made a practice now of saying, hi relative stranger um i would like to be your friend and adults don't say that as often as I they do should that too. oh i love that i love it and it's a beautiful thing because so many people are like yeah like hell yeah and also no one's ever said that in my adult life mm-hmm. um, Isn't that and it's funny? such a simple kids thing all time. kids do it all the time
0: and like they don't eat, they don't have to know shit about you they're just like hey do you want to play and like I'm kind of asking you the same thing. It's like, do you want to play?
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: And I think that's anybody ever wants to be asked. If we're really being honest, is like, do you like? Do you want to? Do you want to be here with me now? Like, ah. Mm. Oh, I love there's that. Such, there's some yummy stuff. I. Because when I think about the relationships I have, oof. Like you said, I don't ever want to go back. It's that mm. um. Uses of the erotic, Audrey Lord quote of like, the erotic is yep. like the knowledge of how much pleasure I can experience and in deference to that and in honor of that, I can demand no, no less of myself. It's almost like I owe it to my body to give them the ride of their life. Now that I know how much pleasure I can have, it's like, oh, are you kidding me? Why wouldn't I?
1: Exactly. And... Tying back to your earlier question around that self-doubt and that fear, when you incorporate pleasure and this intentional connection with other people who see you and love you for who you are right now, without you needing to change a single thing, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you raise your standard for what you are willing to accept in your life. And the more that you raise that standard, the easier it becomes to set boundaries when people are not treating you that way, for you to, to feel good about yourself because you know what it, good, it feels like to feel good in your body and in connection. You know what it feels like to feel loved and cared for. And suddenly anything else is like, wh- why would I waste my time on that?
0: Hello. That is also something I had to say in the conflict with my mother. It's just like, hey, going back to that space in at in home doesn't make me feel good. I feel like I have to hide and make myself small. Would you go anywhere where you had to hide, where you had to make yourself, well, no, I wouldn't do that. I'm like, of course you wouldn't. Who would? <laughs> mm-hmm. And yet, in order to find and like secure love for ourselves, that's what we're taught to do. And it's like, Let me not think from the position of fear any longer if I can help it. Because, man, like, there are, if you're out there and you're feeling very unloved today, I just want to tell you, there are people out there who want to love you and who do love you right now for who you are. Not for what you're going to become, not for what you did for them, but who really love you for right now. Those are the ones you need to pay attention to.
1: (sighs) I fully endorse that message. And look it is not your responsibility or your problem. If someone's world is too small for you.
0: Bingo. Bingo.
1: Oh, so good.
0: Oh, we have a little bit of a delay, don't we?
1: I think we do. Yeah.
0: Just a little bit. That's okay. Um, I know we're coming up on time, and I have just some rapid—some que- they're not quite rapid fire—but it's called just one thing, but it's five questions. Um, okay. So you ready, Ray McDaniel, author of Gender "I'm Magic, ready to do I'm just ready. one thing five times." Ready. What is one thing you like about yourself?
1: Ooh, um, I love my ability to be really present with the person that I'm with, whoever they are. Hmm.
0: Good. It's good for you, especially being a therapist. I imagine that yeah, comes Yeah, you know, in a good skill. <laughs> what's, uh, what's one thing in your life that you're proud of?
1: Uh, I'm proud that I wrote a damn book. <laughs> uh. Because you did. <laughs> Very proud of that.
0: It's so good. I can't, like, honestly, I'll, like, go pre-order now. Um, what's something that pisses you off? Like a pet peeve or, like, maybe even, like, you know, a big thing, either one, big or little.
1: Oh okay, big or little. Uh, I'm gonna do both because I'm a rule breaker. Um, <laughs> little I, I it really bothers me when people um, don't like wipe the counters when they're they're done with things. like I, mm. I like a neat, I like a neat home, and I like my counters clean. so that's a tiny, tiny thing. Um, big things that annoy me or a pet peeve. Uh, well, I'm really annoyed at all the anti-trans legislation Period. that is happening. I that hate is that we have to think about upsetting. the news
0: so much and we have to think about voting and politics all the time. We didn't have to do this when we were kids.
1: I know. It's it's very obnoxious um, and I'm very upset about that.
0: Period. Um, Period. What's one thing you're dedicated to?
1: I am dedicated to getting the message of gender freedom out there for everybody, because I believe in it so strongly that it will solve a lot of the problems that we're Mm. seeing in today's world, um, that it will help people feel more like themselves, more Mm. seen, um, more able to to be present in the world in the way that they want to, and that. That creates so much magic, and I want that for everyone.
0: Mm. Last question. What is one thing you want to do before you die?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. I would like to touch a whale.
0: Sue! (laughs) That's cool! (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. I've I've never heard that My algorithm...
1: My algorithm has caught on to my, my love of whales and so now it's just like whales. <laughs> People wow. touching whales and taking barnacles off of them. That will be me.
0: Listen, that's going to be you. You're going to touch a whale. You're going to become a friend of the whales and when the whole world goes tits up, like they're going to invite you to go live with them in the deep ocean.
1: I would be so happy with that. I mean the ocean is space and I love space so um, I'd be great with that.
0: Power. Whale. Well, everyone thanks for tuning in this is lovely tell of humans where they can find your a your work and you know if they want to pay you money for things and where can they go pre-order the book etc
1: instagram is a hub so you can find me on instagram at the ray mcdaniel that's ray r-a-e you can pre-order my book there you can find all my websites contact me and uh, give me a follow
0: yeah and also make a nice comment about their style because Ray is actually such an inspo to me as far as like Aww. a very delicious, like indie fashion. Um, Thank so you. you. Know that you're a trendsetter. Oh,
1: that feels really good. I appreciate that.
0: And that was my conversation with the fabulous Ray McDaniel. The book Gender Magic is out today if you're listening to it in real time on May 30th, 2023. So go get it. So good. Ray, thanks for being on the show. Once again, if you want to connect with Ray and their work, you can go to the Ray McDaniel on all the social media. You can go to gendermagic.com to get the book. Again, available wherever fine books are sold. Try to buy from an indie seller if you can. Uh, that about does it for us here at A Tiny Revolution. And by us, I mean me. <laughs> I'm so glad that you decided to come hang out with me. Once again, I want to give a shout out to the, the people who helped make this work possible by being a supporter on Patreon. So if this conversation was important to you, if it helped you find some clarity, if it improved your life... I'd love for you to go over to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and learn about all the sick perks there is to supporting the work on Patreon. Um, If you want, you can go pick up my book, Bad Theology Kills. It's at badtheologykills.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, I'm the Kevin Garcia across all social media. And yeah, I love you. I'm really, really excited about so many amazing things happening in our community and i want to let you know that as we move into pride month and then things are getting scary and weird for us focus on love focus on what's making you come alive focus on what's making you bloom try to have some fun be careful watch yourself be there for one another protect one another but more than anything remember that there's nothing in this world that can take away your beauty and your worth i love you i'll see you next week bye